Welcome to News Fix, where we spend hours going through the news so you don't have to. Today's newsletter is all about Omicron, Ghislaine Maxwell's trial, the unexpected death of a fashion heavyweight, and the beginning of Hanukkah. It's Monday, November 29th. Here's your News Fix. The new variant called Omicron has undoubtedly been the number one headline over the course of the weekend. At the moment, symptoms from the variant seem mild, but more time is needed to really be able to tell its impact. Remember that variants are now being named after letters of the Greek alphabet to avoid stigma towards the countries where they might have been detected. This system was introduced when a new variant first detected in India was renamed the Delta variant. An interesting thing to note on this is that the World Health Organization skipped two letters in the Greek alphabet in naming this variant Omicron. The first was new, as in NU, to avoid confusion of people thinking they were saying the word new, while the second was Qi, the same name as the president of China, Xi Jinping. In terms of some of the key angles on this story over the last few days, both Japan and Israel have now closed their borders to all international flights and foreigners. Two rugby teams, Cardiff and Munster, are both stranded in South Africa, the country where the variant was first detected, with both teams having people who have tested positive for COVID. In another angle looking at flight bans and Afrophobia, according to CNN, at least 44 countries have now imposed temporary travel restrictions on the Southern African region. South Africa's President Ramaphosa urged countries not to introduce flight bans, saying it will do further damage to, the, to their economy. Meanwhile, the President of Malawi accused Western countries of Afrophobia, and the World Health Organization in Africa called on countries to follow science rather than imposing flight bans. If you watch anything today, we've included a fascinating must-watch interview with the co-chair of the African Union's Vaccine Delivery Alliance. In one of the strongest quotes from the interview, she said, quote, Had the first SARS-CoV virus, the one that we first identified in China last year, originated in Africa, it is now clear that the world would have locked us away and thrown away the key. There would have been no urgency to develop vaccines because we would have been expendable. Africa would have become known as the continent of COVID. What is going on right now is inevitable. It's as a result of the world's failure to vaccinate in an equitable, urgent and speedy manner. It's as a result of hoarding by high-income countries, and quite frankly, it is unacceptable. These travel bans are based in politics and not in science. And on this note, according to the Washington Post, just 6% of the population on the continent of Africa have been vaccinated. As the article noted, the vaccine producer Moderna, for example, has refused to share how they produce the vaccine, citing intellectual property. As the Washington Post also pointed out, if another producer had the formula, they could replicate the vaccine within a year. Without it, the process could take three years. In terms of Omicron and what's happening with it today, G7 health ministers will meet virtually to discuss the spread of the new variant. Remember, for anybody that's unfamiliar, the G7 is comprised of the world's seven richest democracies, the US, the UK, Japan, France, Germany, Italy, and Canada. It used to be the G8, but Russia was expelled back in 2014 following its annexation of Crimea. Also happening today, in Ireland, government leaders are expected to meet with Neffet today to discuss the situation. However, RT News reported new restrictions are not expected to be introduced, at this stage at least. Meanwhile, the Irish Times reported there may be an obligation for those arriving into Ireland to have a pre-travel negative PCR result. Those arriving from the UK are not expected to be exempt should it be introduced. Meanwhile, from 4am Tuesday in the UK, mask wearing in shops and on public transport will be mandatory once again. Also, passengers flying into the UK will need to show a negative PCR test, but Ireland will be exempt from this requirement. Now, being president in a pandemic, what do you do when you have tested positive for coronavirus, but you've still got quite a big job to do? 
while Czech President Milo Siman, who was hospitalised in October at a moment of political change in the country, found a way around it. Wheeled into an acrylic glass box by aides in a hazmat suits, the President appointed the country's new Prime Minister. For some context here, President Siman spent weeks in hospital recently with non-COVID related issues, collapsing a day after the country's consequential election. Given the President plays a key role in appointing a new Prime Minister, his ill health left the country in a political deadlock. According to CNN, he spent 46 days in hospital, only to be released on Thursday and then sent back later that day after testing positive for coronavirus. In the newsletter, we've included a video of the moment and it's pretty fascinating to watch. Now looking to today's agenda, Gillian Maxwell's trial is scheduled to begin today in what some media outlets are referring to as the trial of the century. Maxwell, a close associate of the late Jeffrey Epstein, has pleaded not guilty to multiple charges of sex trafficking. If convicted, she could face up to 35 years in prison. There's a lot of anticipation around whether or not any of the high profile figures who mingled with Epstein will be mentioned during the trial, which is expected to last around six weeks. And in the newsletter, we've included a link to our latest NewsFix piece all about Maxwell, her life, and the upcoming trial. Now, a story we're keeping an eye on, Sweden might reappoint Magdalena Andersson as the country's prime minister for the second time in a week. Andersson made history last week, becoming the country's first female prime minister, only to resign seven hours later after the government collapsed over a budget issue. If reappointed as expected, Andersson will face an uphill battle, a minority government that has to govern with the opposition's budget. In terms of what else happened over the weekend, the creative director of Louis Vuitton, 41-year-old Virgil Abloh, died following a private two-year battle with cancer. The New York Times described him as, quote, a barrier-breaking black designer whose ascent to the heights of the traditional luxury industry changed what was possible in fashion. And last night marked the beginning of Hanukkah, the Jewish holiday. As a CNN article once noted, while Hanukkah is not the most sacred holiday in the Jewish calendar, the fact that it occurs roughly around Christmas time is why it is often the most well-known, particularly in the West, as, quote, companies are only too thrilled to capitalize on the timing. For anyone who wants to know more about Hanukkah, we've included a link to a great explainer on the significance of the holiday and what it is all about. And to any Jewish listeners, we wish you a very, very happy Hanukkah. And lastly, our photo of the day is of New Zealand MP Julianne Genter, who went viral over the weekend after a photo of her cycling to the hospital at 2am while in labour was circulated. Following the birth of her baby girl, Genter was quoted as saying, My contractions weren't that bad when we left at 2am to go to the hospital, though they were 2-3 to three minutes apart and picking up an in intensity by the time we arrived 10 minutes later. That's today's fix. Have a great day.